0: buddy whoa what's up everybody i think my mic was muted there welcome to another episode of rebunk my name is scott coming at you live from my off-grid location here i guess you could say uh yeah i got an exciting episode for everybody tonight we're gonna get into some uh uh back behind the scenes medical information that uh maybe you guys weren't aware of maybe you've heard rumblings about it but we got the receipts this time uh, i've got my good friend zoe coming on tonight uh she's just uh wrote in a whole book on the topic and so we're trying to get that book published it's gonna be a self-published work so we need your help so there's gonna be some calls to action tonight there's gonna to be some uh you know we it's a it's a community supported project crowdfunded type project and we really really could use your guys' help getting this information out to the world so I'll show you guys what I'm talking about in a little bit and uh we'll get into it here in just a second but real quick just before we get too far into it I just want to show you how you can follow and support this broadcast. If you head over to rebunked.news is the website and you will see at the top uh, affiliate links, including Richard Grove's Autonomy, TRS Heavy Metal Detox. Fantastic. I got my bottle. Oh, damn. I was going to use it on there, but I got my new round of Heavy Metal Detox spray that I'm using right now. And I'm feeling sharp, focused, getting those heavy metals flushed out of my system. Let me just show you guys real quick. TruthTRS.com. Um, I actually built this website. I'm not going to lie. So it, it's a, it is an affiliate link, but I built this. Website on top of the affiliate link, which is just a bunch of really cool information regarding heavy metal detoxification. And then when you click on Order Now, it takes you to the, the store. But you know, if you decide to go with this, it actually helps support the show. If you want to start your own heavy become a distributor yourself, you scroll to the bottom and say Start your journey towards financial freedom as well. You click on the link, you order the three pack, and they'll send you a link to become a TRS distributor yourself. So it's a fantastic product. Can't recommend it enough. I've been using off and on the last few years. I'm currently on it. And I'm feeling great. So um, also back on the website here, you'll see a link to the big frog t-shirt shop. I mean, I just can't tell you how awesome these guys over our big frog t-shirts. They just uh, have been instrumental. in. I know Zoe, they helped Zoe too. I know they're doing this shop for AM wake up. Um, we've got another big project in the works that they're helping us out with right now. And it's just, they've helped with the T-Lab uh, fundraiser. Um, just Amazing folks, look at all these freaking awesome shirts. Fauci gave us all aids again. You can get the original Fauci gave us all aids shirt. You got the um censorship kills, the official rebunk design, and everybody's favorite, the Beavis. Are you threatening me? I mean, come on, everybody's got to have one of these. Represent, represent, represent. So, uh, you can either click the link at rebunk.news or you can go to rebunk.news forward slash shirts. Just type that in and you'll know, it'll pop right up. Uh, we got other value for value donation options, all the social media. Best place to go is telegram t.me forward slash rebunked news. That's where I'm in there hanging with the people all day, video platforms. And of course subscribe on the podcast players. I haven't shouted this out in a while, but Hey, if you guys, I want to challenge you this week. If you want to log into Apple podcasts, if that's where you listen to podcasts, click the five-star, leave a review. I'll try and review those and shout them out as they come in. That helps drive the show. That helps get more listeners drawn to the show. And it helps just all around. And of course I got the subscribe star. I'm just a scumbag when it comes to posting premium content on there, but there's some on there and, uh, I'll may or may not do some more in the future, but you know, five bucks a month really helps a long way to, uh, kind of just help things go forward here. So that's the business on this end. Uh, without further ado, I really want to, uh, Oh, this is just really exciting. So, uh, let me bring her in. So Zoe Smith. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me just get you in here. There we go, Zoe. What's going on?
1: Hello, hey.
0: So good to see now you. Not right now. Yeah. So, do you know what the significance of May Fourth is? Um, if you go back in time,
1: uh, that must have been Float Fest.
0: Yeah, it was just, okay. So this is the day I left Austin or the Austin area Float Fest. Yeah. So Float, we we've been hanging at Float Fest last year. And ever since then, it's just been a wild ride. I can't even tell you, you know, float fest for me was a very pivotal moment in my life. It kind of marked the end of a chapter, the beginning of a new chapter. Um, People that are familiar with the show may be somewhat familiar with like our connection. We uh, met in Oregon. We did a lot of freedom fighting out there in Oregon (laughs) and uh, both decided to expatriate Oregon at the same time and uh, convoyed across the country. Such an epic trip. Oh my gosh. And, uh, we uh the rallying point was float fest in texas and uh so yeah this if you just think about this last week last year what an adventure oh my god yeah. wasn't it
1: it was do you remember the the uh place in abilene with like the it was a hotel that had like cars getting taken apart in the middle of the night and yeah like really high price cars right next to ones being taken apart it was nuts
0: yeah, that Abilene stop was very, very alarming. It was like right off the highway. There was like in the bathroom, there was like a poster that said, like, it was like a uh, human trafficking hotline. It was like, if you have any concerns about human trafficking, please call this number. And then, like, uh, I, I remember you were so sketched out, you like slept in your car with your pistol in your lap or something. Yep. Nope. <laughs> like, you didn't want anybody messing with your stuff. That was hilarious. I was in the room. It was like literally like six in the morning. It was still dark out. And I heard like a pounding on the door. And I looked out and it was just like just these two like, I don't know, clean cut white dudes out there. Remember that? And it was just like, uh, I mean, God, if I would have answered the door or if I would have just been some, you know, innocent person answered the door, who knows what would have happened? Like, God, that place was incredibly sketchy. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm not. I don't want to offend anybody in Abilene, Texas, but man, that one—what was it—a Comfort Inn or some shit—right there off the highway. Yeah, that yeah, was, it was just uh... right
1: off like the main drag in town. It's not that big a town. Yeah, but yeah. That.
0: You know, I think we live sheltered lives in Oregon. You know, and then you <laughs> venture out into the real world, and it's like, oh, geez, there's like actual things going on in the world. So anyway, but what an epic adventure! Like I remember the very first night. It was kind of this is just a funny little anecdote. We our first stop was a. Uh, shasta we ended up in shasta right mount shasta or whatever it was and uh we've been driving all day or no we stopped in shasta but then we what was it what was uh i don't know mount shasta but what the hell what was that place over on the was it shasta i don't know it was in the nevada side oh was that bodie
1: we're trying to drive to the ghost town and we got like okay well there was
0: yes okay i remember that no there was that but where, where did we stay that first night it was in the like the sierra nevada mountains right It was in the mountains at first, and we went to Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: No, that was Tahoe. That was like Tahoe,
0: Tahoe. That's what it was. That's the word I was looking for. So we stopped at Mount Shasta, but then we ended up staying over at Shasta or Tahoe. I remember so when we were getting like that 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 town that we were at, it was like this incredible steep climb up a mountain for like 20 minutes, right? And uh I was just like literally watching my gas gauge just go near and I was like getting all pissed off, and I was like, damn it, this is ridiculous. And then I just like, the thought popped into my head. I was like, hold on, hold on. You're literally embarking on the most incredible adventure of your entire life. Like this is so, I had everything I own. My, all of my belongings in the back of my truck, you had all your belongings in the back of your rig with the trailer. And I was like, what an amazing adventure. And I just immediately like went to a place of gratitude. And I was like, oh my God, like, thank God. Like if this is the worst thing that happens, which, arguably that probably was one of the worst things that happened. Like it was a pretty smooth trip, but Mm -hmm. I just remember just being overwhelmed with this sense of gratitude. Like, Oh my God, I've been wanting to get out of Oregon for so long. And the future is just so incredibly bright, even though there was like, I had no idea what was going to happen. And I just was just immediately just overwhelmed, just immense gratitude that we were on this incredible adventure and man, it sure was. So (laughs) it really was. It really was. I remember
1: actually having that feeling when I got to float, Okay. Like, wow, there's other people out there that yeah. think like us. Oh, my God. Yeah. What you say about going to a festival and, like, really being around people, that mm. really is key. Like, you really do need to get out there and see other people face-to-face yeah. and realize you're not alone in this.
0: Yep, exactly. I mean, yeah, anybody out there, you know, if you're feeling alone, there's other people in your area that are feeling probably the same way. So maybe we can talk about some of that stuff. But, uh, you know, I don't know i'm just very 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 grateful and then this last year has just been unbelievable ever since i got to tennessee it's just been nuts and i know you've been uh you had to go back to oregon for a little bit which is frustrating like, I, I
1: did can't. i recently wrote yeah. about one of the escapades that happened when i went back um it, on my sub stacks van down the down van down by the river part two shark in the water um and it's mm-hmm. about kind of some of the people that you meet in the freedom community and just that we're kind yeah. of all in war and that all these little things play out for all of us and um, how it's actually a good idea to be scary because these people um, that we're up against, government included, um, they don't follow the law. They're not afraid of the law. They don't, you know, they just, since they don't behave that way, you can't use the law to control them. Um, So the only thing that you can do is, to be scary to them.
0: Yeah. And that's a good way to fight back. I mean, there's something to that. There's something to that. So uh, I just want to give a shout out here. So Zoe uh, owns the URL, zoe.substack.com, which is fantastic. Like that's pretty legendary. So congrats on that. But like, oh, nice. So I want to encourage everybody to go over to zoe.substack.com and subscribe, go subscribe to her Substack. She's dropping truth bombs, updating her with her story. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk a lot about some of the stuff that she has been in the trenches covering here for uh, a while now. And, and particularly what she covers in her book. And I'm really, you know, I feel like this is information that everybody needs to know, you know, you know, just kind of wrap the context of, of what we witnessed the last few years. Um, and we'll get into it. So another thing I want to shout out. So she did publish an article here on the Unjected Substack. So if you guys go to Unjected dot substack.com. You'll also see this article right here, which is, uh, again, the same title as what we're talking about here, my life in the thrill kill medical cult. And, um, this goes into a, a kind of a preview of what to expect in the book. Um, and we'll go over all this stuff tonight. Um, but you know, what an accomplishment, you know, that's one of my goals is to write a book someday. I don't even know what the hell it's going to be about, but you know, you did it. And so now we're here to kind of rally the troops to help get this, uh, this book published. So if you guys look down in the description, there's gonna be a few different ways you can help us out with that. So first of all, subscribe to the Substack, you know, just just and share the link, share the content. But also there's gifts and go. And so before we get too far into the book itself, like let's hype it up a little bit. So you tell us about uh how you've like what the publishing process is looking like right now and who is gonna be publishing your book now? Who who is it? Uh it's gonna be trying day press.
1: Okay. Uh, that became one that Whitney Webb um, published through recently. Um, they're known for putting out a lot of like really hard-hitting truth that other publishers don't really want to touch. That's kind of what we talked about in um, like my opening discussion with Trine Day was um, one of the things that I wanted to know in writing the book. Um, I realized right away in April of 2020 that the codes were being used um, as a financial ploy and uh, it the codes um the way they were being used not only was it making money for the hospitals um but they were also kind of gaming the numbers and um just uh, well we'll get into it you know what when i actually start talking about the codes but i had to know where they came from Mm -hmm. and what were their motivations for creating the codes um and that led me down and i just say in the article it leads me down like a very very dark path but ultimately, it led me to Rockefeller and the Flexner Report. And I actually go a lot, lot deeper than that. And I, we end up um, basically finding that statistics, where statistics come from, which is the basis for the codes themselves, it's a statistical system uh, for tracking. And we've all seen Bill Gates, you know, with a book, Lying with Statistics, So we go all the way back to the very, very beginning of the codes when they were created and we find that they were created by eugenicists and statistics is used by eugenicists for tracking and to see how effective their mechanisms are. And you can actually see like the ideology between the statistical society and the eugenic society and the people there are all the same. Hmm. Even like, you know, their official documents, they say the same things. So um, that's really what we talked about. With trying Day, because other publishers, once you say those words, they don't want to publish. Yeah. Um, But that's really why I want people to understand what I'm saying here, because this is intentional, I think. After having, you know, gone down the rabbit hole as far as I've gone and looked into how they're gaming the numbers and why and, you know, how far back this goes in time. Like they've written it everywhere six ways from Sunday that they really are trying to depopulate us. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's ultimately where I discovered that the codes came from and, you know, what is the motivation behind their use?
0: Wow. Fascinating. Um,
1: So that, that was why trying day was like, okay, well, I'd, I'd like to do something with this.
0: Great. That's amazing. And, and so it's funny because they're actually located in Oregon too, like Brownsville, a little bit North of Eugene. And I met Chris, Chris, uh. I'm blanking on his name. Damn it. What do you remember his last name? What's it's like, uh, anyway, Chris is a good dude. He was like, um, he's, he did like a book lecture in Eugene. I went and saw that like pre COVID, like 2018, maybe 2017, 2018. And, uh, but yeah, just to really kind of frame this out. So yeah. So trying to published, uh, Whitney Webb's, uh, two part series. Um, they also published like the, this America secret establishment, which is like a, one of the most go to texts there is, um, Anthony Sutton. You know what I mean? Like uh, I know that um what what are some other ones? There's some like real oh, Black Nine Eleven, um, the money, motive, and technology. That's a really popular one. But it's just like like a lot of these like books that we have on our bookshelves, Dr. Mary's Monkey, Drugs as a weapons against us, you know, some of these books that are just kind of like uh standard kind of quote unquote conspiracy books are all trying day, like it's crazy so uh-huh. um to be a, a published author in that uh repertoire is pretty impressive so that's pretty that's pretty epic so but you know so part of that though as a self-publishing author is to uh is to to we need to raise funds to help zoe out so you guys please 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 go down to the description um and uh go click on the give send go or buy a shirt you know what i'm saying like all those links are down there oh gosh did i not i might have I think I put the t-shirt link. Anyway, I'll go back afterwards and review. But anyway, if you guys go to her Substack or at the bottom of the the injected Substack article, you're gonna see all the links. Let me just pull that up right here. So no, I did put the t-shirt shop. I do remember doing that. So there also you go.
1: speaking of t-shirts, yeah, look what I just got
0: um censorship oh your censorship killer <laughs> shirt look at that Zoe's representing a rebound shirt. yeah great i love yeah, it yours. that's really cool awesome no, well hey well, yeah, thank you for well. doing that thank you for doing that <laughs> that's awesome it's thank even you. christmas color so i'm gonna be rocking that come december beautiful hey that's awesome so yeah you guys so let's let's support zoe let's get this book out to the world but and uh let's get into it so um Actually, before we get too far into it, uh, it was funny when I was – we talked about this before, but I, I want to bring it up on the show. So when I was um, i was looking for your Substack, before I remembered it was just zoe.substack.com, and I typed in uh, my life in the Thrill Kill Medical Cult, and the only thing that popped up was like this uh, this band, Thrill Kill Medical or the Thrill like Kill 90s Cult. 90s electric yeah. alternative heavy metal band kind I of thing. I had no idea. I had no idea. And then like, I don't know, was it like a book or a biography or something that wrote My Life in the Thrill Kill Cult or something like that? Or is is that an album or something? Or I don't know. It's a band. Um, Okay.
1: They were from a movie called The Crow that was way back in the 90s with Brandon Lee in it. Um, It was about like setting the the whole city on fire. and um, There was a a song from My Life in the Thrill Kill Cult on that soundtrack. Oh, gotcha. I wanted a catchy name for the title and I really wanted to emphasize that they are trying to kill us. Like one of the things that I kept saying to my dog as I was um, researching this and he, he would just like jump up every time that I would do this, I would go, they're trying to kill us. (laughs) Just like that, that was like this repeating thing that we would go through.
0: Wow. They're trying to kill us. I mean, if that's not apparent to everybody at this point, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. So, So I guess, you know, there's, there's several ways to approach this, you know, and I think that the best way is to inform, educate. And then once people are up to speed and understand that, yes, they are in fact trying to kill us. And then what do we do about it? So, you know, I'm no, I know that you're very solution focused. I know that you're kind of, of the mindset of, uh, you know, self-sufficiency and just kind of finding alternative systems, um, privacy, like these are all like major things for you. And you've kind of like inspired me in a lot of ways around that. It's like, I'm kind of like, I'm still like very lazy. I have a Google pixel phone for crying out loud. You know what I mean? Like I'm very like, oh. hack that. I know. In fact, that's, that's one of the reasons why I did get it initially was the fact that it's um you know, they say that it is the most easy to de-Google, but that was in the back of my mind when I got it. But uh, I still haven't taken the steps that I know I've seen you take <laughs> to like those extra steps that people should be taking. And so you actually walk the walk and then I've seen it firsthand. So that's really cool. Um but anyway, so let's get in this here so uh give us a little bit about your background and tell us um how you like like what position you were in and when things started to go a little sideways for you in that position.
1: okay um so I was a medical coder before the pandemic for about um I think 11 years before the pandemic happened and I was in management, auditing, education um, one of the things that I did when I was uh, in all of those roles was um, when you're a medical coder, what you do is all day long you look at records. Um, usually it's remote and it's on a computer and you're just looking at the medical records for any kind of diagnosis, any kind of procedure. And your job is to translate all of the words into these alphanumeric codes that then get sent to insurance. And if you're doing your job right, you make it so the hospital gets as much money from insurance as possible, the doctor gets paid as much as possible, the patient is covered under their insurance, and insurance doesn't actually have to look at the actual words on the paper. Um, They can ask, they can request any of the documents, but they basically just go off the codes. And they can even decide if they want to audit based on what the codes that you submit are. And they have algorithms to like data mine all of that, and um, they have flags. You know, if there's certain diagnosis um, or procedure like combinations that they don't like, they'll automatically audit you. So um, that's kind of just the day to day in the coding world. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a program that we use. And I was um, really apparently was good at using this program. And for so long, I remember telling the coders like this job this is computer-assisted coding, and it can come up with codes on its own, but this isn't going to take over your job, even though we have it automated in the background for the really simple stuff. But it's not going to take over your job, because that's what they told me to say. That's what my superiors told me to tell my staff. And then I um, found out in 2020, when I started seeing AMA come out with all of this um, AI, um, just talking about how AI needs to be in healthcare and how we're not tracking COVID well enough because we don't have AI and Mm -hmm. um, just like really, really, really pushing this AI in healthcare. And I thought that doesn't seem right. And I started seeing all this um, alternative media talking about how AI was going to take over and, you know, just kind of really kind of conspiracy theory stuff. And, you know, I'm a critical thinker, so I don't just automatically shy away because someone says this conspiracy theory I decided to look into it and I mean sure enough AMA is talking about it they come up with a a rule on we can't even call it um AI artificial intelligence we have to call it augmented intelligence because that's more palatable so they actually came up with a Mm. bill like this is their new policy for ethics on augmented intelligence um and when I started seeing that in addition to the contact tracing which I knew went to CDC and they could track every case that had COVID on it, which was like 80% of our patients at that time. Like a lot of red flags were going off in my head. Like there's something really nefarious going on here. I didn't even know what like the whole COVID-19 scam was. I knew it was a scam, but I didn't really quite know what that was. All I knew was these codes are in front of me and this isn't right. So, um, I started looking into that a little bit further and I found that the code system that I was using was AI. And in research for my book, I found not only is the coding system that I was using every day for 10 years was AI, but many of the programs that that program was interfacing with was also AI. So you have Mm. layers upon layers upon layers upon layers, of ai in healthcare and that is being sent to cdc and hhs and i thought i don't trust cdc i don't trust hhs i don't know what they're going to do with this information but they're saying they need more information on COVID 19 patients than they needed for any other disease ever not aids not cancer why do they need to know all of this information all of a sudden why do they have to have contact tracing? We never did that for Ebola. We never did that for AIDS. So I just I, I needed to look into it.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay. So when did you? Okay. So this was um uh, when when about was this? Was this twenty twenty ish?
1: Yeah. It was about um I want to say about April twenty twenty okay. when the, the brand new code uh the one that you call the the code the one code to rule them all One the code U- to rule 7- them all. One code for COVID-19.
0: Yeah. Um, that's let's, when let's, I'm. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So this is if, so guys, we're just scrolling through the, the unjected article, my life in the thrill code medical call, go to injected.substack.com. Read this article and it's got links to all of Zoe's stuff. So please, please, please be sure to check it out. So it all starts off with her, her accounting. And I really want to encourage all you guys to read it. Cause it's such a well-written article and really goes into this stuff in depth. But this is what she was talking about. U O or U zero seven. One one cold to rule them all so tell us about this okay effective april 1st so they like okay so tell me about this so you kind of know the ins and outs and the inner workings of the the program the software itself like you know mid march is when the whole covid lockdown rolled out. And by April 1st, they already had this ready to roll out to everybody. Like, is that feasible that they would have been able to throw this all together in a matter of two weeks? Or was this something that they had in the can for a while, you think?
1: Uh, they had it in the can for a while, mm-hmm. obviously. Um So the way the, the code updates usually go is it's once per year Um for, there's basically like an outpatient code set that's um, like a CPT. And then there's an inpatient code set that's your ICD-10 diagnosis and procedure codes. So one of them goes through an annual update in October and the other one in January. Um, And those are the only updates that we do. And it's a major thing. Like everyone in the hospital has to, you know, have downtime and they have to prove overtime. People have to work different shifts. They need extra help. Um, Their charge master, all their interfaces have to be updated. So it's like a huge process um, that they plan for every year. And it's always at the same time. This is the first time ever that we had um, an update outside of that. Mm-hmm. And it was specifically to introduce a code for COVID-19. So since um, end of November of 2019, our hospital had been talking about the Wuhan virus that might come to the U.S. and how we were short on our PPE. And, you know, so it was kind of like foreshadowing the the impending pandemic. And I remember seeing that and thinking, Give me another scam, just like the last one. Um, And man, I wish I wasn't right on that. But um, so, yeah, then we had two weeks to flatten the curve in March. And then April 1st, this new new code comes out. Well, between December and April, we had cases of flu or we had cases of just people with coughs or just like really weird cases. And we didn't have a way to code that as COVID-19, even though all the media was telling us has to be COVID-19. So we were even getting letters from insurance saying, well, we want to pay you for COVID-19 diagnosis, but the only way to mark it down is, you know, some dumb virus unspecified junk code that doesn't mean anything. So we can't pay you for it with that code. And the rule also was for payment. um, You would have a diagnosis first, and then the virus code would be just an identifier that has no monetary value associated with it. And even the rules said that you can't put a virus code as the first one because that's the one insurance pays on. Mm -hmm. Um, It has to be like an additional or a supplemental code. And when COVID-19 came out, all of a sudden we're putting the virus code first for everything. Mm -hmm. And then the diagnosis comes after that.
0: Yeah. And, thought, and you can, you can see that in this chart, you know, I mean, it's just like, so you guys, as you could see here, it's like what used to be pneumonia, lower respiratory infection, respiratory infection. And these are just for the people listening to basically a chart showing prior to April 1st, you know, you have each one of these um, diagnoses or conditions, acute bronchitis, bronco- bronchitis before it was like J12, J22, J98, J80. They all had different designations in the first line to, uh, you know, designate different illnesses, different, conditions right but then all of a sudden after april 1st the chart shows all the way down it's all u07 uo or yeah u07-1 all the way down first diagnosis so that's what so all these things that were different distinguishable uh things prior to april 1st all now are just getting lumped into the COVID category bam yep yeah so this is how it was done this is how it was done like in terms of like the medical coding i mean this is when we see this stati- and then we see that you know okay so here's a question so like when we see things being reported, statistics like cases, things like that, or is that being is that coming from uh the work that medical coders are doing, or is they have a separate tracking system for like when they're tracking cases, or does that come from this information?
1: That's a really interesting question. That's actually yeah. like why I asked the question where did the codes come from and what's their yeah. motivation? Mm-hmm. Um so yes, the the um the number of cases could be correlated to the number of times that you have a COVID diagnosis recorded. Mm -hmm. But every agency had their own recording system. Like HHS Mm -hmm. had their own map. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember that one. And then like the WHO had their own map. And then our hospital had their own map. And that didn't go off of the COVID-19 diagnosis code. So that wasn't like hard numbers. And I mean, no matter where you went, CDC, HHS, WHO, whatever, all of them were different. They're all saying different things. Um, And I, even in the hospital, I remember like nobody is here. Nobody has this COVID diagnosis. Where are they getting all these numbers from? It definitely wasn't the COVID-19 diagnosis that was driving their case numbers. I I just think it was like another way to lie with statistics for their case Mm -hmm. numbers. But the codes themselves are being tracked, and that is actually really, really nefarious how they're being tracked. Um, and that really comes in when they when um, exactly two years after the, the first time when they, when they released the UO71 COVID-19 virus code, which they also released the Remdesivir code at that time.
0: Mm, which tell us a little, tell us a little bit about 20% that.
1: Percent bonus payment. For that drug, every single time they came out with a code for convalescent plasma at that time, which is people who had healed from COVID, then they donate their blood and then they give the healed COVID patient blood to the COVID victim, I guess, or the infected PCR positive, whatever, patient. Um, And that was a 20% bonus. So like COVID-19 wasn't the only code to come out in April first of 2020 but then exactly two years later they stopped the presses again and they came out with the um the unvaccinated codes
0: for tracking wow. covid oh yeah we'll get to that we'll get to that trust me we'll, we'll drop that bomb here in a little bit so i wanted to show the people this this is very uh i'm sure a lot of you guys have seen this and i've talked about it on the show here before but this is a really good so talking about different agencies and their tracking system so this is cdc.gov This is their flu view. If you just type in CDC influenza cases, it takes you to this website here. And if you scroll down about a little, about two thirds of the way down, you'll see this little chart here. And so you can go back in time and you can see what the flu was like at different points in time. So this is, I pulled up uh, the flu season, 2019 to 2020. So, and then at the top, it's got a little slider. You can pick which week. So let's go week. Uh, like whatever this is like week 50, This is like the week of Christmas. Yeah. Ending December 28th. So this is Christmas week 2019. Okay. And you can see color coded very high as the purple. And you can see most of the United States, you know, a large percentage of the United States is either very high or just like extreme levels of influenza on the 52nd week of 2019. Right. So look at that. Pretty insane. Well, let's fast forward to the exact same week the following year. So let's go to week 52 of 2020 and let's see what ha- oh wait a minute Are they- oh yeah there we go let's, let's do this let's do this yeah look at that look at that there's no flu week ending january no, 2nd let's go like week ending December look at that zero zero flu pretty much in the entire look minimal even in like and i remember oregon specifically so you can click on it let me see if it takes you to that week specifically here because i remember watching this in real time and uh it was like it broke it down by county. And it was like across the entire state, there'd be one reported case in like Multnomah County, which is where Portland's at. There'd be like one. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to do this, but like just that's just I the remember point
1: right you calling that out and I was like, BS, there's no yeah. flu at all. They have yeah. this PCR test that'll test yeah. for um, all four viruses at once with one swab yeah. COVID 19, flu yeah. A, flu B, and RSV. So four mm-hmm. viruses and no flu. It only came up for COVID-19
0: only. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because they were, ch- yeah. So they're, they're testing for all these things, but it was the, like the, and so we talked about this at the time and the tests were probably predisposed to whatever it was, a certain percentage is po- it's all just bullshit. It's all a rigged game. It's all a rigged game. And if that doesn't tell you right there, this stupid chart, the little green chart, like if that doesn't just scream in your face that there's like fraud or deception or something going on. Then I don't know what else will. I mean, that's to me the one of the biggest smoking guns of this whole thing. And of course, their argument is that everybody was wearing masks and socially distancing. That was their excuse for why there was literally one case of influenza at the peak of flu season in the in an entire state. That doesn't that doesn't check out. To yeah, but why then
1: did their masks work to like stop the flu? But it didn't stop
0: COVID? Yes. I mean, yeah, but it didn't stop COVID. It didn't stop COVID. So you know the good news is is that we eradicated influenza for a year until the narrative needed to shift and whatever so yeah it's just it's it's shocking so man all right so one code to rule them all so we we, we see that there's deception there can you so the remdesivir question i have i'm not really clear on that so the uh you said that they added a code for remdesivir could you just uh, hit that a little bit more and just look like, yeah. what, what, is that, what does that okay, mean? like how, so, Where's the um, fraud and deception and how is that evil?
1: <laughs> it's not really fraud or deception. It's okay. just a lot of extra money for them okay. for this one drug. And the okay. fact that when you, um, I think it's Brian Artis was the doctor yeah. that was talking about how bad remdesivir is for the kidneys. Um, and that it causes mm-hmm. acute kidney failure. Well, what they were really saying at the time was that COVID-19 causes acute kidney failure. And I was noticing, like, every patient that has COVID-19 suddenly, like, they've got AKI, like, right now. Um, and so April 1st, 2020 is when the the remdesivir code came out. Up until then, they had been using hydrochloroquine in the hospital. Or yeah. they were using zinc, vitamin D, and vitamin C and not telling anybody because that's conspiracy theory. hmm So, um, I remember like being freaked out because they had shut the doors on all hospitals. They had security now everywhere. They fire a bunch of people. So no one can actually see what's going on in the hospitals. They don't let anyone have any of their loved ones there. They don't have visitors anymore. Now they're being strapped to their bed. They're being masked. They're being hooked up to vents. Um, and they're being told they have COVID-19 and you have to take these experimental drugs or you're going to die. And I'm just like, Whoa, hold up red flag. Like hospitals just became the most scary place in the whole world. They're experimenting on people. Mm-hmm. We remember warp speed and Trump saying, I'm going to get hydrochloroquine to every hospital. And then all of a sudden Fauci is like, well, hydrochloroquine's bad. And then like it all stopped. Mm-hmm. That's because this code came out. When there is a new technology code, and rem, remdesivir was a deemed a new technology code, there's a process for new codes. So when they're going to come up with a new um, disease, they have a new diagnosis, or when they're going to come up with a new procedure, they have like these back meetings where they talk about which code they're going to add. And, and the entire system has like a monetary value associated with everything. So they take a code out, they have to like balance it somewhere else in the system. So One of the things they do for new technology codes, they're kind of not really in the system. They're kind of like off to the side. And because they're deemed to be more risky, you get a 20% bonus payment for any new technology, any kind of new technology. It doesn't need to be a drug. It could be a device. It could be um, a therapy of some kind. There was something that was like um, some sort of a a light that can detect Mm
0: -hmm. cancer
1: rather than having to do like a biopsy that we were experimenting with at the hospital once. So, I mean, it it doesn't need to be a drug, but for, you know, remdesivir was a drug and it was one of, I think, four that had the new technology 20% bump in payment. And that's when we stopped using hydrochloroquine and we went almost exclusively to remdesivir.
0: Hmm. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And, and of course, like we could go spend a whole show talking about that and how just some of those clinical trials just showed devastating results, but that's 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 very interesting stuff. So let's let's talk about this now. So I guess on April first, twenty twenty two, there was another unprecedented code update.
1: You can you yep. tell us
0: about this? You kind of hinted at it before, but uh let's zero yeah. in on
1: this. So um the the new set of codes that came out on April first of twenty twenty two. I wasn't even coding anymore at that time. Which ironically is April following... Fool's
0: Day, right? April Fool's Day. Like that both both of these new codes yeah, happened that out on April a first. Really day. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, sorry.
1: Definitely a, a, um, scam kind of a trick that they pulled. So, um, a lot of people were talking about the code that came out. So they came out with a new code for people that were vaccinated against COVID-19 people that were unvaccinated people that were partially vaccinated for COVID-19 and then under, under vaccinated status. Mm -hmm. So up until, um, 2022, I guess, They had had codes for adverse effects of vaccines, like if you had a vaccine and you had autism or whatever, and you magically had a doctor diagnose you with it, there was a code for that. And there was also a code for if you refuse to have a vaccine, but it wasn't specific about which vaccine you refused or which vaccine that you weren't up to date on. So on April 1st, 2022, they decided we need to know who's vaccinated for COVID we need to know who's not up to date for COVID specifically. Um, And then I I clarified, I think on injected, they asked me the other night, what is um, other under immunization status? That's not specifically for COVID-19. It's like any vaccines. Like if you're not Mm -hmm. up to date on your flu or your TB or whatever, then that would go on your record. So, I mean, I probably have all these.
0: (laughs) Sure. 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 So, so I really, so that's crazy. So, you know, one of the things we know about like, okay, so I've done a lot of coverage on, you know, previous like genocidal events throughout history. Right. And like one of the first stages of any sort of like genocidal event is the categorization of people like putting labeling people and designating them certain ways. And so this is just another, I'm just, I mean, I'm speculating, I'm throwing some craziness out there, but you know, having some record of who's vaccinated, who isn't, you know, who knows if that's going to serve a purpose somewhere. So just avoid this medical system in general, you guys, like just try to not get a chart with a medical designation anywhere on that chart. You know what I mean? Or Definitely you, just, avoid it. Yeah. But it,
1: it is impossible. Yeah. So th- this yeah. is what I found through doing the research, why they're tracking these codes. So okay. one of the things that um, used to happen before the scamdemic came out, was anytime you have like HIV, Zika, cancer, there are certain diagnoses that have to be sent to CDC for their like public health monitoring. Mm. And you're supposed to have your personal information removed from it. There's like a registry um, and that's their job to like strip all your personal information out, but then send like the diagnosis information for statistical reporting purposes. So we know how many cases of cancer there are across the world. So know how many cases of COVID there are across the world. Mm. So that's CDC's job and they have a database. Um, Even Dr. Stephanie Seneff has used that database in her research. Um, And what it does is any chart that has any COVID-19 diagnosis on it at all, that could be history of COVID, that could be contact with someone who might've had COVID, or that could have been you had COVID yourself. Um, Anything like that would have been sent to CDC and then your data is in their database. And starting 2020, you know, when, when we had the COVID-19 code, they're like, oh, we need even more information about COVID patients. So, and in, in addition to the regular registry that we would have for cancer or for HIV, now we're going to have a COVID-19 registry. And I thought, oh, this is not good because they're also talking about quarantine camps and just making like an arbitrary rule that, you know, you get sent in there if you didn't do the right thing. So I'm like, this is a really, crazy way for them to track all of this Mm -hmm. and it started with the the contact tracing it actually started in the hospital before they even had the app and they were using these codes contact with covid or just a person that came in and had covid they were using that and then that information got sent to cdc and it used to be a person that would call up all your contacts and say hey you're infected come get tested or whatever well CDC then figured out a way to do it electronically. They have the app through the phone, and then they also have the medical coding system. Well, HHS wanted to get on that, and so um, Whitney Webb covers this a little bit, too, that HHS demanded a feed from every hospital, and they don't get their money. They don't get their insurance money unless they send all of that data every single day in a data feed to HHS in addition to sending it to CDC. And where does it go from CDC and HHS? It goes to DARPA and it goes to the CIA and Google and the Chinese government also have access to that information.
0: Of course they do. Why why wouldn't they?
1: know this down to the zip code where you are. And it it has to do with AI. Um, They're using AI to layer all of this information so they know where you're at in real time pretty much. Um, They know whether you've been vaccinated or not, even if you haven't been to a hospital, because they can get you through all this peripheral information. So if you've come in contact with someone who might have been infected sometime, you just walked into a store, you drove down the road and you got too close to someone with their phone, that can get you in their system. Or just the fact that you haven't even been admitted to a hospital and they can't find a record of COVID-19, they have AI that can assign a medical code for you without a person ever seeing a medical record.
0: Yeah, wow, that's crazy. And so that we're probably transitioning all the way into that system where all medical, like I can imagine, ten years from now, it's like there won't be any doctors, won't be any nurses. It's all going to be machines, and it's just going to be like a scan, and they tell you what you want. It's just they're
1: already talking about that. Yeah, one
0: hundred percent, one hundred percent. In the
1: research for my book, the whole medical pre-crime thing. When I was looking at graphene, they have the ability to decide for you. Oh, you're sick. We have a remote. Um, monitor on you and you're sick and we're just going to drone you the meds that you need or they'll just like send you a a pill or something or some food that you won't even know that you're taking medicine and they'll just, you know, give it to you because you're too dumb to figure it out.
0: Yeah. I heard about something like that. Some, I don't remember where I heard it, but this guy was painting a picture already where he's like, yeah, you wake up and you get ready to go to work and your alarm goes off an hour early. And you're like, why is my alarm going off an hour early? Well, it's because the AI detected that you had some sort of medical condition and they'd already scheduled a doctor's appointment and already called for your time off of work. And it's got an Uber coming to your house, but you got to be there an hour early. So that's why you're getting up early because the AI already figured all that out for you. It's like, okay. I mean, Oh God. Yeah. It's just nuts, man. So um I want to go back to the the medical coding code system real quick because I want to give a big shout out here. So this is so you guys all of us listening, all of you listening who have not accepted the experimented experimental injection into your life, we're all in the uh Z28.310 category. Say it loud, say it proud. Z28.310. You know what I'm saying? And if you really want to say it loud and proud, guess what? You head over to Zoe's t shirt shop (laughs) brought to you by (laughs) Big Frog t shirts. And look at that. You can say it loud, say it proud. We'll get your Z28-310 unvaccinated shirt with the little Thrill Kill Medical Cult logo on it and just stick it right in their face. And people are going to be like, what the heck does that mean? And you can explain it all to them, like, oh, or did you take the shot? No. Well, then your Z28.3102. And you should probably go get a t shirt as well and wear it loud and proud. And so. You know what we should put? What's I was that? just
1: thinking the medical, the, uh, thrill kill medical coat logo. It has a spike on there, yeah. which is yeah. why I, this is why I like that. It's got the spike. If you're unvaccinated, yeah. you're unspiked.
0: un yeah, unspiked dude. Unspiked. I like that. I like that. Unspiked. There's something there. So, Hey, you guys just, just go check out the shirts. Go. This is a great way to support Zoe, support our friends at big frog. Uh, Amanda, I know is in the chat. Shout out to Amanda, uh, who, uh, put this all together from big frog. So anyway, you guys, yes. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic stuff. So anyway, so we're loud. Amanda, and just personal
1: thank you from you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, all right. So what do we do, Zoe? What do we do? I know you're big on solutions and uh, alternative systems and all that. So give us a little bit of a spiel about what you think people should be doing in their lives right now. And, or what are some of the things you're doing, or what are some words of hope as we're wrapping things up here?
1: Um, just full stop on everything medical related. Um, Look into holistic medicine. Uh, Food is medicine. Um, Anything that you might have thought might have been, you know, kind of quacky, maybe give that a second glance. Maybe it makes more sense than you.
0: There's a reason um, why they painted these things as quacky and and outside of the box. Like, Oh, these are a bunch of kooks. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, like no, I was
1: at a farmer's market and I was, um, talking to a guy named peppermint Jim who was selling mint and he was telling me you can use mint for headaches and arthritis and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, what? okay, what? And then I realized I need to do a gut check sometimes. Like I'm open to this. I use essential oils for exactly that kind of thing. But the first time you hear this information, your gut is to say, no, that's dumb. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just like dismiss it entirely. So you you almost like even have to stop yourself and, you know, just like have that really holistic, like check with yourself. Like, am I being open-minded right now? Or am I being programmed to be closed-minded about this right now? And maybe Mm -hmm. if I have that hard stop that I've just been told that this is crazy information, maybe that means that I need to, you know, open my mind up for a second and listen and when I did, I was like, "This is amazing! I think I'm going to start using it." And now I found mint is an amazing herb that cures so many things. It's it's crazy. Never would That's have awesome.
0: thought. That's awesome. So um, so you're go oh, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say. So the direction that I decided to go um, is really like full into parallel economy. I, I really think that that is the solution. I think that everyone has a place in the parallel economy. And my number one message is, and this is one of the the main things that I really hope that people take away from the book, is when we look at doctors and even, you know, bankers or any of these experts, um, you know, technocracy is one of the things we keep hearing and they're their whole thing is, you know, listen to the experts and it could be a scientific expert or it could be a financial expert. It could be any kind of expert, right? But they all have degrees that came from universities that came from Rockefeller where they were indoctrinated. So do not let the fact that you don't have a license or a degree stop you from doing something that you feel called to do. Those people have been indoctrinated maybe you have something more valuable to offer because you haven't been and you have a more open mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're kind of like the shepherds of this journey, you know, they're just going to keep, it's just going to keep getting crazier and crazier. You know, they're, they're desperate at this point and there's nothing they can do to prop this lie up any further. Like the cat's out of the bag. The emperor has no clothes or however you want to say it. It's like, it's game over for them. So they're just going to keep pushing and it's just going to get more and more ridiculous. And, uh, People are just going to, it's going to cause people to wake up. Right. And so we're going to be here on the other side. Like, yeah, man, like, come on, it's all good over here. It's so much cooler over here. Like we have so much more fun. I mean, God, we don't get upset at everything. And we just like, it's so much more fun. I just can't even believe how like, yeah, out of all this nonsense and all this horrible tragedy and crap that we've had to deal with. Like, it's been a blast. I believe these last few years have been a blast. Like, look at how much you've leveled up too. like, unbelievable. You know what I mean? So yes, you just too. yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like all of us, everybody that's like I'm very convinced, like people that just stood firm on their principles, like it's just everybody leveled up. It's pretty crazy. Um uh, so you're in Arizona now. Are you finding good community down there? Are you finding some your parallel systems down there, or how's that going?
1: Definitely. So like the first a uh, week that I got here, I went down to a farmer's market and I found, I already found some ranchers that, and that don't vaccinate their meat and it's all grass fed. None of it's fed medication or none of it goes to a CAFO. It's all a hundred percent on the ranch. Um, I found other farmers that are all hundred percent organic that are on the same page as me. Um, I walked through the, the farmer's market with my um, fuck off shirt and it says, says P. Oh, yeah. It yeah, yeah, like yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Shout out to Pedro. Yes. Shout thank you, Pedro. Pedro. You helped me find my people. I love you, Pedro. Yeah.
1: That shirt is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. They voted best shirt in the market <laughs> when I was there. And it it helps me find my people. So now I kind of know like where to get my food right away. And then um, there's natural builders in Tucson. So I'm really looking forward to starting a group here pretty soon because there's a, a lot of like-minded folks. That are already trying to do it kind of on their own. And I think we just need to all get together.
0: Yeah. Uh, What about Freedom Cells? Have you tapped into that at all down there?
1: There is no active Freedom Cell. There was one. And it kind of, you know, like most of them, after the initial shock of 2020 wore off, they kind of, I don't know, fizzled out. So that's kind of where they're at. But, I mean, there's definitely um, a lot of people here who want to do it.
0: So what about I, uh, the Bertaria Times app? Look for the Bear, people on the Bertaria Times app. They're still crushing, I guarantee. So that would be yeah. I good. need to
1: check that out. I haven't seen if the, if they've got something in Tucson, but I'm sure they do. I'm
0: sure they do. I'm sure they do. So uh, Kevin sent a, a tip. Thank you, Kevin. As always, he always is a very he's very generous. He just always helps keep the show going. Um, he says, "Has she looked? Have Zoe? Have you looked into Tallow Bombs? We just started making our own using grass." Fed grass finished beef tallow. I don't even know what tallow is. Oh my god, tallow city um, slicker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, you can use you can use it for lotions and all kinds of stuff. People who um, grow or raise cattle often save that. And what, some of the ranchers that at the farmers market they have tallow products too. What's talo? I'm not what sure is, about tallow bomb though. Like wow, I've never heard of a tallow bomb. Is it like a bath bomb? How does that work? So no, no, yeah. no, but I'll look into that now.
0: So what the hell is tallow? What is this beef tallow? Is it a f- beef? Okay. Tallow so is like, a rendered form of broth, beef.
1: Um, oh. There's a really fatty um, gelatinous kind of yeah. material that bubbles up to the top. And sure. it, that's the stuff I think that they collect. Um, and Whoa. it's, I mean, it just stays like really solid, like a soap. So uh, they make soap like products out of it. lotions. Okay.
0: And- Interesting. Okay. I didn't know. So, uh, yeah. Grass fed, grass finished beef towels. There you go. Talibombs, Kevin, it's time to start, uh, putting some stuff on the market. That sounds pretty cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right. So Zoe, what's next for you? What, what's going on next? I mean, I know you got your Substack going. Um, what, what, what's your focus these days? Like, and then just like, just do a call to action, like how best people can, uh, you know, follow and support you here.
1: Okay. So, um, my, I have two main things that I'm working on right now. Um, I quit the medical cult in April, 2021. It's a huge part of what, why I wrote the book and I haven't been working since then. That's another huge reason why I kind of need this to be crowdfunded. Um, cause I stand by my convictions and I'm just not going to go kill people for money. Um, So I'm trying to publish the book. I am opening a website. So my life in the Thrill Kill Medical Cult will come up if you put in the medical part right. (laughs) It won't be the band. It'll be my book here pretty soon. Um, So I'm working on that. Uh, You can support me with Substack. You can support me on my Give, Send, Go. Um, If you want to chat with me, um, Telegram is the main place to chat. Um, I've got a channel on there and there's a pinned message with kind of my link tree Mm -hmm. And the chat is in there also. Um, I've got notes on Substack where you can chat with me also. Mm. So those are the best places to go and support me for right now. And my other project is because I I quit working, I need something else to actually do. And now that my book's done, I need income coming in. And I decided I did zoology before I went into coding. And I did wildlife rescue. And I know all about this vet information. Most of my... um, medical information can be translated to animals also and that's really where my passion was so I'm opening outlander animal uh, outlander wellness animal coach
0: nice. um, I, right uh,
1: I called it outlander because I'm I'm a quack I'm not using any prescriptions my whole thing is I'm the unvet I will get you off your Whoa pet prescriptions. I will give you, I did this with my own pets too. I took them off their prescriptions. I had a dog with valley fever and seizures and I switched them all over to natural meds. He almost had, um, he was limping for about six weeks with a near broken leg. We don't know for sure. I didn't get an x-ray. I couldn't get an x-ray because that's wouldn't let us in for various reasons. Um, just, I was so tired of the medical paradigm, not just in human medicine, but in veterinary medicine. So I decided, I'm not a veterinarian. I I never decided that I wanted to go to eight years of school, even though people told me I should. Um, I decided that's just not really what I wanted to spend my time doing. And they're like the most suicidal people. Mm And if you do studies, there's been studies written about how they're the most suicidal because they see, they do all these euthanasias and then they see all this abuse of animals Mm -hmm. and then they retire with debt because they're constantly fighting their clients to pay them. Because they're doctors with the same kind of debt that a regular human doctor would have, but they don't get any of the notoriety. So they're like very depressed people chronically, I guess. Um, and I've heard of them, you know, retiring with debt, their school debt still after, you know, being a vet for 30, 40 years. So I wow. really didn't want to do that. Um, but I decided I can without the, the medical school, <laughs> without the certificate. Um, but I don't have the Rockefeller indoctrination either. And I still have twenty plus years of health information, behavior information um, behind that to back that up. So
0: that's amazing. Yeah, we don't need any of these stupid institutional degrees or credentials or anything to go out there and make a difference. You know, and 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 to build something amazing to actually actually help people, not perpetuate the sickness, not keep people stuck uh, in illness or whatever it is. You know, or animals for that matter. Right. You know, we can take what we know holistically and and actually make a difference and save lives for sure um it's fun uh let's see amanda says uh over on the rumble chat she says apparently cayenne pepper can be used to stop heart attacks herbs are so powerful just learn that so that's really cool uh-huh. and she says and she says that. i didn't know that either i mean i mean all these pharmaceutical drugs are based off of like you know stuff they find in the jungle or it's like based on you know real life like like stuff that God created, you know what I mean? But they're all synthesized and all that bullshit. So, um, and she says, Amanda says that she loves what you're loves that. You're doing that. Zoe loves that. You're, uh, doing the animal thing. So that's great. You know, you've you've just shifted gears and you're just putting way more positivity into the world to make up for all those years as medical coding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You're just, no seriously. I had
1: a veterinary client this week and I told her, I am so sorry for every vaccine that I ever gave. I'm so sorry for every animal I ever restrained for someone else to do it. I, I didn't know what I was doing. And I mean, if I can spend every moment of the rest of my life trying to make up for that and make it better then I will.
0: Trust me, I'm making living amends for some choices I made earlier in my life as well. So that's how we're just rolling. It's all good. We're, We're in this beautiful place in this beautiful time and we're building beautiful stuff and we're shaping the new world. It's just an amazing thing we get to do. So, all right. Well, Zoe, thank you so much. Fantastic. Great job. Like I'm very impressed with all that you've done with this. It's this just so exciting. I can't wait to see the final product of the book someday. I'm going to hold a copy of that book in my hand and I can't wait. And like you guys, like I said, please, we could use your help. Um, please go down to the episode description, click on the link, support her via her Substack, drop a little donation, in the give, and go. Like that's the call to action tonight. Don't give anything to me or none of that crap. Like go help support Zoe and uh, order a t-shirt you know, we got to represent here. Let's pull it back up. Represent uh the Z. Oh, I can't even remember off the top of my head. So I can't never great, remember it either. I know. Trust <laughs> me. We can't even. It's
1: can't. unvaccinated code. It's the we'll unvaccinated the code. Unvaccinated Z code. That's what we'll call yes, it. Yes.
0: Go get the unvaccinated Z code shirt Z28.310. Strike up a conversation, uh, you know, with your friends and family at your summer barbecues. And they'll be like, what the heck is that? And it's like, well, let me tell you a little story here. So, you know, you know, help support. A worthy, worthy cause and let's get this information out there. So, you guys, please, 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 we could use your help with this. So, all right, Zoe. Well, thank you so much. Uh, always a pleasure, always an honor. Uh, yeah. Um, just keep up the great work and just uh keep uh building that community. Unvet Christine says she loves unvet, and uh people are telling us to go to let's see, Hempcar says go to Cuba, get a doctor's degree for seven grand. What's up, death to tyrants in the house? Shout out. So, all right, guys. So All right, Zoe, thank you again very much. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, Just keep me posted. If you got anything new coming up, let me know. We'll shout it out and uh, just keep up the great work, all right? We'll do. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys, I'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.